Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneur's. You can reach out to my personal Instagram account, but what I'm really trying to do, guys, is get everyone consolidated in the Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Instagram. I know it's not a lot of content there. We're trying to rebuild it, but I need to focus it in one way of uh, responding to everyone. I know the emails and stuff. They're great. It's just trying to consolidate for ease for the podcast. And that's the way I reach out to find entrepreneurs to be on the podcast. So with that being said, I'm very excited. Um, I've been following you a while on Instagram and just what you're doing and the things that uh, you're doing are just incredible, which is why I've asked you to be on the podcast. So with that being said, uh, Christy Basu of Eat Me Guilt Free uh, from Miami, Florida. I love the name. I always want to make sure I get them right. How are you doing today? I'm great. It's warming up here in Miami. <laughs> Usually it's warm, so having a great morning. Thank you, Justin, for inviting me. You're in this, I'm going to just dive right into this because you're saying it's better for you baked goods. And mm-hmm. I just, as an entrepreneur, okay, and as a woman, like you're, and as a mother, you have these three things that have aligned in your life. And you've, I, I feel that you've had success based on what I see. And I'm not talking about monetarily only. I think that that's the trophy that you get when you actually achieve success, which is a balance in your life and a comfortability who you are. So we don't normally talk a lot about this in the podcast, but you've become strongly part of your brand also. And I would say that even though you're separated, your brand is a really a representative of who you are. And I could be wrong, but I just want to dive into this. Like, how did you start? Were you were you always in the food space? Like, tell us about little Christy and, and sort of how you became an entrepreneur, even in the food space. And I'm going to give you the mic and let you talk for a while. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I haven't always been in the food space. I've always loved food. And my family is kind of like celebrates food and everything we do is kind of surrounds food. But I started out going to school for biology and and then I was an emergency room nurse, believe it or not. So my hobby was fitness. And when I really started to get into, I guess, the biochemistry behind food, since I mentioned earlier, food was so important to me and my meals and like trying to figure out how to support I guess my fitness journey with my food and biochemistry behind it is how I really started to get into learning how to, I guess, make better for you foods or choices. And that's how eventually Eat Me Guilt Free came to be. It was while I was a nurse kind of learning all about biochemistry, biology, even, I guess, what people, preventative medicine, what made people sick, how how people were responding to foods while I was a nurse, um, what had a, a large part to do with how I ended up in Better For You Foods. I basically ran after, I guess I left the hospital. I was also working in like the food delivery space. Um, it was called Christie's Fitness Fuel. And the brownie was something that I was kind of toying around with because I was seeing people for nutrition, which I, I just, I, I guess I skipped that part. I became a certified sports nutritionist while I was in the hospital because I started helping like, all the nurses and doctors that would ask me, hey, how'd you do that? How'd you transform your physique? And I started to help them eat. And and then I started to get into athletes. And so that's how the whole Christie's Fitness Fuel. And then 
slowly but surely, I realized how impactful it was to create foods that tasted just as great um, as the ones that I loved growing up and my family loves and just swapping out things that would like make a big difference in how your body responded to them as far as ingredients and how you cook them. So that's kind of how Eat Me Guilt Free came to be. After nine years of being a nurse, having like a side hustle and slowly evolving into a food delivery um, and nutrition, I guess, sports nutrition practice, I I realized that that was impactful. I got to help the people that I was feeding you know, directly here locally in Miami and and I guess helping them with their nutrition. And when I, I realized that something like the brownie, which was our first with our OG product came to be was like a high protein, low carb, actual brownie that wasn't a bar. Um, I realized that that was something that could be impactful kind of beyond Miami because you could be shipped. And, and that's, that's how I got, got into eat me guilt free. They were, it was called eat me brownies. <laughs> it wasn't called eat me guilt free at first. And they were like wrapped in saran wrap and they were like something that I sold along with my meal plans. And as a response to people, asking me for like a sweet treat and they couldn't at the time it was 2013 I think I was tinkering around with baking and I basically there was nothing on the market there were protein shakes and there were protein bars that may taste like a brownie but the texture and everything was off and eat me go free is an actual brownie with swapped out ingredients so that's that's kind of how I got here and how eat me go free was born so the one of the things I like about this story, like let's just talk about like one of the things that happens in life with entrepreneurs or should I talk about curious individuals? I think curiosity is a big part. We don't talk about it enough on the podcast, but being curious to know more or if you don't know something, well, I can add this skill to my repertoire for lack of a better term and become a more skillful person to provide better solutions to people or humans, or animals, whatever your choice is. And Mm -hmm. the thing that I think is so great about your story, there's a few things. One is that you aligned a hobby and a lifestyle with your job, or whatever it was that you were doing, career or interest, because not enough people realize that we have visionary threads in our life. And these threads are what sews the blanket that looks at our life once we're on our deathbed and it's laying on us. That's why I use the term. And we get a choice of how we sew it. And the more we unify that thread, meaning the least amount of time that that, that I'm not, I'm wasting time, should I say, the, the amount of time that I'm wasting not working on the thread and weaving the blanket or having everything that I do in my life weave that blanket is a distraction it takes away from the value that I can gain and the success in life for the goals that I want, even as a family. like So I like that you talked about aligning the hobby, the lifestyle, and then adding things to it. You're a nurse, then you're curious about the sports medicine and the nutrition and, um, you know, for lack of a better term, I would say that food's the best preventative maintenance there is, our medicine. And yeah. like that's the whole thing. So I'm also going to say this. Your story and mine are similar in, in a different kind of way. Like I entered food, I was probably 18 when Food Service Partners started, and we went right into the health space, quote unquote, into healthcare, which <laughs> is not exactly healthy as we all know. It's like we're basing it off of pyramids and stuff, and it's not exactly 
helping the human get better and it's not creating habits that they can take back with them. And I don't know how to do that exactly, but I will Mm -hmm. tell you, I know how to do it in myself and the humans that I mentor and around me in the hospitals. It's a different story and, and how that's handled. But I, being in that space, a couple things happened. One, as an athlete, I became curious about nutrition. I asked a lot of questions to the dietitian and the nutritionist. The other part is I first perfected my own nutrition and my health and my exercise plans before I ever thought to talk about it with someone else. And it took years. I mean, you know, years upon years, probably, gosh, I don't even know, 12 years before I really honed in on what my body, like I would put like things like oat milk into my diet thinking that's what I should be doing. But for my body and the way I was produced, I like real milk is the way I gain muscle and hold muscle home, hold bone density. So I was doing myself no justice. It was actually causing me more problems than less problems with my stomach. And so it's just knowing and that's not for everyone. That doesn't mean it's true. It's just, I think part of it is getting to know yourself and then understand that every person's different, but they need access to quality food all the time, or it doesn't really matter what their body's going to do if it's not quality. So let's talk about the passion behind the food. Like why the name? How'd you come up with a name? How'd you come up with, with wanting to stick in the baked goods? I mean, we talked about how easy they are to ship, but it's, and they were complimentary, but what is it about this space that's so I mean you're really in it I mean you're you're filming you're 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 very engaged in social media you're doing um reels all the time so like you're very passionate and driven so what is it that's driving you I guess would be a better question yeah I mean I guess now what drives me is still finding I guess solutions and and hacks for I guess that Although we want to say that, you know, you should never feel guilty about what you eat. The truth is, is when I first, you know, I get a lot of, I guess, backlash for it, having guilt-free. Because they're like, oh, you shouldn't be, you know, feeling guilty about anything you eat. But the truth is, is that's where it kind of started. A lot of people or, I guess, you know, coworkers or clients would feel terrible when they'd talk about their nutrition. You know, and they would... I like you mentioned. I, I was working on myself. I never expected to help become a sports nutritionist or to help other people. It wasn't something I was doing it for myself and exploring and figuring out what worked best for me. And that journey is what helped me figure out <laughs> that there is no blanket, like basically answer. You know, there's so many different ways to do it, and that's kind of how I started helping others I was kind of almost forced into it I, I, I was in the hospital people were like hey can I cover you and why you like so, uh, this person's gonna cover you why you like help me or whatever and I'm like I wasn't really I wasn't getting paid you know I wasn't expecting to I just did it for free for a while I ended up getting certified and I and I really really I guess became passionate like you're saying about the results and the impact that it had on people when they started to learn like something like you said oh well, milk is how my body responds. And that's something that I'm a really big proponent of. Like, yeah, there are certain things that across the board are, you know, less processed. You know, things like this that I would say are staples. Um, Regardless of your eating style, they're going to be better for you. But I don't think that any, you know, any two people are going to benefit from the exact same diet or when they eat or how much they eat and all these sorts of things that people write books about. So I don't think I ever could write a, you know, a diet 
or book or a, a lifestyle eating unless it was about finding your own way of eating, if that makes any sense. But um, so I think my passion remains motivated or, or it's sparks from the same place. Like when I create content that has to do with food, it's based on responses or what I hear people say. Like back then it was coworkers in the hospital or clients in nutrition. They, they were asking for something sweet. There was nothing on the market and it made sense. And they, they would like, for instance, they'd be like, oh, I did great, you know, Monday through Friday. And then Thursday night I ate, like in this case, I'm saying a brownie, but I ate whatever. And they would feel absolutely horrible about it. So the name Eat Me Guilt Free came about, you know, as a result of creating indulgent things that people, you know, still could like eating because I think most times when you eat something that's quote-unquote healthy, people expect it to taste bad. Even the Eat Free Brownie, they'll open it and make a face before they even bite into it because they're expecting it to taste terrible. And that was something that, or that is something that we pride ourselves on. You know, it's, it's an actual brownie or cookie or whatever it's going to be. And it's supposed to have the right texture. It's supposed to taste good. Um, and that's the essence of Eat Me Guilt Free. We improve kind of, I guess, the nutrition panel the best we can while still remaining what the object or what the food item is and, and tasting great so that people can, I guess, feel good and not feel guilty when they're eating things. Because the truth is that although we're not supposed to, it's still kind of part of human nature. And the, thi- the thing I love about it is this, like I'm a very balanced human and it's taken me a long time to get here and, and I'm still balancing out some things. Don't get me wrong. That's like a, a, a lifelong journey. I don't want to get, give mm-hmm. people the wrong idea, but it's the thing about what you said is I do like, I'm not a huge chocolate fan or sweet fan, but I liked baked goods and I do integrate them into my diet because Like, I just think it's important, okay? Like, if you're going to live a lifestyle, it's okay to do things and have a lifestyle and eat things that are natural and whole foods and still be able to enjoy things, but understand what you're putting in the output. And I, for me, it came, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it was a painful thing for me. Like, it was like, I don't want to be, I didn't want to be not successful in my life. And I didn't want the pain of looking back and I hadn't achieved the things that I wanted, so I aligned all of them. That's was the mot- one of the motivators for me. But I I just think once it clicks, like you understand that it's not just a diet, it's a lifestyle and like we were mm-hmm. born to live this way and these are the natural foods that are meant to go in our in our bodies and and capturing it the way you do which is fun and true to the human and true to who you are as a human and brave and bold and courageous, which is I think your brand like I just think it's so brave and it's so bold and you as a human have so much courage going out in the world. And I really, it's hugely, I admire it in a lot of ways and it impresses me, which doesn't happen to me a lot, but it's because you're so true. And I understand what the path sort of you've taken to get to where you are to push a brand like you have and why you've done it. And it's hugely impactful for the world. I mean, your visionary thread for your life, if I want to go back and talk about it, is is mm. tied to human growth and and being better humans. And I want to just tie the hack part. Everyone's looking for a hack, and I agree with you. And the hack is usually this. It's a long-term discipline 
or consistency related to what that item is that makes you, in this case, younger. If you eat better, you take care of yourself, you exercise, you use actual weight, like lifting weights in your exercise also and not just cardio because muscle mass is important mm-hmm. for being youthful. It's sure. it's one of those things and you've captured that in everything that you do. And I'm just going to touch upon this too is like I'm a classic study person. I went to all boys school and and, and education and 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 liberal arts school, but uh, and I read a lot and and I'm very studied. And I believe that like the Renaissance period of humanity is hugely important. The the exploration and the independence, enlightenment in terms of like love, romance, intimacy, sexuality, those type of things, not just in a relationship standpoint, but in the beauty of a human standpoint. And you've yeah. captured it all through what you said. And the thing that I want to really anchor it to is what you said about food, which is, and we may have said it before recording, I'm smearing things together, but it's also about how much food relates to all that, the family, the relationships, the love, the romance, the intimacy, even mm-hmm. if it's friendships or sexuality that plays out in our lives. We go, we go eat, we go spend time with our family. So I guess the first question as we dissect my long commentary there is, what is your background, like your family background, and was food a major part of it? For sure. Um, my mother's Italian and my dad is Cuban, and I would say any social gathering involved food. And, and most people in my family don't necessarily share like the same, I guess, passion or or like wanting to eat quote unquote healthier. Um, I think it's become more of a thing for everyone, you know, as they've seen like my life, I guess, grow and, and evolve as a result of it. But they are definitely passionate about how great food tastes and about how good it feels to share food that tastes good with someone else. And I think that that is part of any food entrepreneur's journey. Like you want to share what you're making and you want them to like love it. And that's, I think, what happens in, in families and with friends when food is part of, like, your how you connect socially. And I, that is definitely part of my DNA and, like, my, I guess, families, like, the way they work. So that's that's my background. Um, and, I, and I definitely, as an adult and with my own family, because I have three children, have taken that and, and run with it and, and, and started to do it on social, for instance, then when we're talking about hacks, I just mean like, for instance, even over the holidays, like not saying don't ever eat this or don't ever drink this type of alcohol. But I'm just saying, you know, is this something you really like? You could probably make it this way. Um, it's just one simple switch and it's going to kind of improve. Like you said, your your choices, your lifestyle is going to decrease the amount of crap <laughs> for lack of a better word that you're putting in your body. So I think that. That's kind of where, you know, I guess where my background is and, and how it's still very much part of of how I function when it comes to. And, and I love what you, the hack is exactly that is can you exchange out an ingredients? Can it be less processed? Can you have like mm-hmm. natural? And I think that that's a lot where it is like there's margaritas that are fine for you. Like, and there's tequila companies mm-hmm. that do things in a different way. And it's just a matter of, 
not being lazy, I guess, as a human and doing your research because you can do all the things you want, but instead of flipping through Instagram and liking whatever it is that you like, you may follow someone like, you know, whoever, like Christy in this case, and, and do do something like just switch out a thing. And if you read these little tidbits, they matter, they stack up. And, and when you build this habit of being able to switch things out or even having the courage to ask for it while you're in a restaurant or bar, you start becoming a, an independent person. And CrossFit did this for me. Soccer, in a way, did it. Leadership, like starting to get my lifestyle and my food into regulation, like it gives you a certain amount of confidence. And and it truly, um, it's a law of attraction thing. I don't know how else to put it. Everyone like opportunity starts coming your way, especially when you're growing humans by using whatever gifts that you have in the world around you positively. So let's go back to, you mentioned three children. So I'm going to go off of my commentary for a second because I want to ask this question is when you're leading a healthy lifestyle, like how do you or should I just say lifestyle it should be how we should all eat I shouldn't attach the word healthy but when you're leading the better lifestyle and mm-hmm. a healthier lifestyle how are are do you talk to your children about it like how do you implement this mindset with them um because you're trying to grow humans and it's what you've done for a living but then how do you tie that to your own children I guess and and maybe the question's too intimate but I just I wanted to know for sure because I think like this is your space yeah yeah I think that for me um I guess in particular I that concept and it sounds very cliche but I think when you are I guess leading by example they will at least mine have started to ask questions you know some more than others like my son has gotten much more into it now um i want to say maybe in high school is when he started to ask a million questions just the same way like a client would um about nutrition or like hey what about this or is this good for me or is this bad for me not that anything is necessarily good or bad or when should i eat this um which is really interesting because it felt almost like i was helping someone with their nutrition and and it was my own child i think i never wrote out and and like tried to force them to eat anything the way I guess somebody that you would think in my space would. Um, I made food. I tried to swap things out as I was cooking without it, I guess, you know, tasting like, like completely different from what their friends were eating. So that whole concept of better for you, but still, you know, trying to stay true to what they would want to eat is something that I, I tried to do so they wouldn't become like completely like, oh, I'm not eating that because it's, you know, falls under like adult food or yucky food or whatever it is. So I tried to make things that they liked um, a little cleaner. And I, I I feel that when you don't try to force something down someone's throat and they just ask you, you know, like, like I mentioned that my career started that way. I didn't say, hey, don't drink that, don't eat that. People would ask me what they shouldn't shouldn't do or what I thought was best for them because of what I was doing for myself. And I think it works that way with your children, at least for me. They come around eventually, it seems. And I think that's true for mentoring as well, or people in your business as well. I think 
when someone's not ready, the only thing you can do is, I, for lack of a better term, it's almost like circle around them, but not intentionally, but with leadership and hope that they're inspired by you to take it on. And, and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't in the business world. But I agree with you from a child standpoint. It's like we, I think that there's a lot of do what I say, not as I do in this world. And mm-hmm. children see through that now. And it's it's part of the disconnect, I think, always. And I'm not a parent directly. I've ha- I have stepchildren from previous relationship. But it's like that whole thing with, with the group and the forcing it on them, you're almost deterring it because the best way for someone to actually grab onto something is for them to ask a question and change their own mind. And that's how, and, yeah. and And yeah, and be curious. And so I love this. Um, Let's go back to like how you, like the brand and and who you are as a human. Like you're very good at expressing yourself and marketing the brand and staying true to who you are. And like, for lack of a better term, I don't know how else to put this, but you've captured the the essence of what it means to be youthful. Um, as we get older and mm-hmm. and eating right and what it means to be as a woman to have the right mindset and, and be confident in the right way and and use it in the right way to build a business and 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 inspire other women to be healthier and and be you know your with your nurse background and and pride and be a woman-owned business like so how did you it was were you always this driven is it something that developed like how did this confidence come about i think as a result of um you know you mentioned for you it was like let's say soccer and crossfit like i think when you become confident in your physical self and your and who you are slowly but surely mentally because i think that took me a little longer um you you start to really I guess I think the more confident you are with what you're able to accomplish, let's say um, in a sport. For me, I, I got into like competing in, in like a version of bodybuilding, but it was like um, figure uh, after my believe it or not after my three children. Before that, you know, I was into like other sports, and but that was something like the the competitive, I guess, bodybuilding thing. That was just not necessarily a very healthy lifestyle, but a lot of the things that I learned um, through the like the nutrition of getting there helped me help other people and help myself in other, I guess, in other capacities. But I would say one of the the most interesting things is that the comfort that I felt with my body, having like achieved, I guess, whatever goals I would set for myself physically, is kind of how the name came about. Like I I don't know that eating guilt free. I had no idea that it was going to get, you know, I guess a lashback or, you know, that people were going to forget about it. I, I, it was a small crowd and I was starting to sell, like share it on social and it was just kind of a real reaction, um, to who I was at the time, you know, um, there was obviously there's, there's red lips and you're writing into it and there's a certain essence of, like expressing your sexuality in the name, as well as like the brown and telling you eat me guilt free was both. And I, I don't know, it just seemed like something that made sense to me at the time. I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily. I love it. Um, yeah. And as I kind of ran with it and started to share 
the brand and and it started to sell and and I had an online store. I think it wasn't until 2019 that I started to get into retailers, believe it or not. I started to really get questioned about it. I did um I ended up doing um a time to architetics talk this year in January on like how women are more powerful when they express their sexuality and it's really about expressing not necessarily on your se- only your sexuality but expressing yourself completely and fully whether that includes you know whether you know if you want to assign percentages to things like whether that's 30% of who you are or 20% of our you shouldn't really hide that or i guess mute that at all and i think that being physically i guess fit for me made me confident enough to i guess express my sexuality a little more and i guess coupled with my life experiences which i talked a lot about there i think that i didn't see anything really wrong with it i didn't feel like i was exploiting or objectifying women with a name which i would get you know lashback i told you i have three children i i was asked to do that talk because um because they were like you're a they considered me to be i guess like an expert in expressing my sexuality because i didn't work in the sex field i wasn't a sex therapist i was an entrepreneur i was a mother you know for all intents and purposes educated and very comfortable with, with naming my brand almost you know having a sexual innuendo and i i had never really thought about that i mean other than having to defend myself <laughs> you know when i would get like slammed on social and um so I forgot what the initial question is, but I feel that Eat Me Go Free that kind of came about and evolved and I've learned a lot about myself through being questioned, you know, and like definitely the confidence that I got from I guess leading a you know, healthier, better for you kind of eating style and then getting into fitness had a lot to do with how easy it was for me to express myself. Yeah, and I find the same thing for myself personally. Like I can, I'm very, I can express myself in those ways, and I have confidence in doing it. And I don't have a thing. Um, I don't really worry about what everyone says anymore. Like in that way. Um, mm-hmm. But what I like about what you said, and it's particularly true, and I will say this as a man who's like I'm very reflective and I'm a thinker and. I'm so introverted also and extroverted. Mm-hmm. Like I've had to work on being extroverted, but really I'm a thinker and I ask a lot of questions and I can almost be annoying to people sometimes because I ask so many questions. That's why I'm good at the podcast mm-hmm. because I'm curious and I'm always curious about value of the human, like the core values of them, what values and morals and ethics do they have because it determines their trajectory a lot mm-hmm. and um, in life. And when I talk about the visionary thread, like your moral objectives are the needle guys. And, um, and so, but what you said is exactly true. And here's why, because a lot of men get attracted and they think that it's the outside of the, the person and they're, oh my God, she's gorgeous. And I'm just going to say men, but it's for women too. Like, oh my God, they're gorgeous. Look at him. And you know, you get unwanted attention and there's a confidence there or people misunderstand that like you're doing what you're doing to get the attention. What is mm-hmm. actually happening, and I don't know how to tell anyone this, is the outside changes after the inside. Once the mm-hmm. inside starts changing, truly, 
And I'm not talking about I just go to the gym and I bodybuild. We can tell if there's a bodybuilder that's doing it because he's insecure about himself or there's an athlete who's doing it for insecurity reasons. And then there's the people who are so confident on the inside that they just make it part of this way in their life because it helps make them a better person and it makes everyone around them better. Yeah. Yeah. And the attraction there to that and the sexuality in that, for lack of a better term, because innately as humans, we think that we, 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 it's, it's sexual nature, but there's a huge attraction to the mind and the confidence of a human because we have to live forever with our, the person we mate with potentially. And it's not mm-hmm. just about procreation. It's also about mental stimulation for life. And having confidence and being able to have real conversations that are authentic is that attraction, and we confuse it a lot. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, we are, we don't properly train ourselves to understand how connections between humans work. Entrepreneurs just seem to excel at it because it's how we survive. And so I love what you said because, and I don't want anyone to get it off topic, because it's about embracing yourself who you are holistically. And, and it's okay to turn up the volumes on the things that you embrace or that are in your life right now. And like, I agree it's part of the brand and it, it's something and it embraces who you are also. And because of that, I love it. And I think that truly it gives it an existence as a brand that's so unique because I'm just gonna say it, food it, we go on dates with food. We bring food into the bedroom. We we flirt with food. We build relationships off of food. We have sales meetings off of foods. We bring food into our boardrooms. Like so, it doesn't matter where it is. It's always building a relationship of some sort of intimacy. Okay, and and food is by far a feeling, and it stimulates feelings and memories and emotions and and it also stimulates things like dating and drinking wine and romance so Mm -hmm. we just need to be aware that why deny what's right in front of us what we know and and do that so i'm i'm in a way i love what you're doing and i'm all for it and and whoever's coming after you is not understanding what the essence is of being a human and and being a full human in this world and shining your light as much as possible for lack of a better term so i know you you don't need me to say that yeah i think it's just forms of connection like food um sexuality is a form of connection it's a way that you would connect with someone else and i think in this case because it with any name of the brand and it just felt natural at the time you just kind of you don't change the name of your brand four times right as you evolve as a person so i think even as i've evolved how how i describe it and how i answer the question has evolved which is interesting because <laughs> you know i remember um when people would ask me at first i would get upset or this and the other and, and now you know i think it's like kind of what you're saying it's more about um expression and connection and it has really made me kind of understand that what the brand voice is like not necessarily you know why why it has you know some sort of element of sexuality but that it is bold that it is like confident that all that sort of uh defining the voice of the brand i think happened (laughs) luckily as a result of being questioned for the name so it was a good thing 
And I think it's, it builds a confidence in us. And when we have to go mm-hmm. through these trial and tribulations and really answer and, and for our true selves, like it mm-hmm. makes us more confident. And when we know we have to stick to it because there's no other way around it, it actually grows us also from where we are to where it should be. And I feel like, like there's some maturity in you that is just like, I'm very, I don't know how to describe it, but there's laws of attraction. And when, when humans, it doesn't matter if it's sexual or friendship or business or whatever, these, these things attract people to one another. And what you're doing for, for me as a successful human it's very attractive and that and I say that and I want to say it online because people confuse it that it means sexual it in mm-hmm. and sometimes we're we're so unintuned with our bodies and our minds that yes there's an attraction but you're misunderstanding why it's happening it's not only mm-hmm. the display of this it's the confidence to display it and that's mm-hmm. the part that I think is so key is when people don't understand why well, I can't do that. Well, it's because you didn't work on the inside confidence first. Outside just comes later. And that's what I love about your brand. Because if you really think about it and dissect your brand, it's about eating properly and changing on the inside first. And then the outside beauty comes, which you display with the way you display yourself. And you've worked on this for years. And I don't know how old you are. I'm not going to ask. But you're, look, yeah. you're you look very young to me you know, and I'm 43. So it's like, you know, and I get the same thing. People are always like, oh, you're in your thirties. And like, yeah. and like, there's a lot of girls in like the 28 to 33 that are, that very get shocked when I'm like, yeah, no, I'm 43. And like, there's some, that's pretty large age difference. And another part that always shocks people is like, while I like you and there's attraction, I'm not, I'm a human. I want to get to know you intellectually. Like, it's not about only that mm-hmm. yes i'm attracted to yes we can sexuality and um and i'm off on a tangent but it's like there's more to life than this there's what type of food do you enjoy would how do you live your lifestyle do you live a healthy lifestyle or do we match similarly in those ways you know does the attraction mm-hmm. meet the actual reason like are you just attracted to me because i'm a sex successful human and i'm attracted to you because you look good like that's real right. like i need to think about that and um and i think that your brand ultimately and where it's going like feels that to me like it's okay like you know you're having to think about it really and you're having to think not only if i want this and i want to have this in my life which is really I feel like criticism a lot of times and harsh it is people want what you have and they're just not willing to admit it and it manifests itself in the subconscious that way. But I'm not positive. But I just think I'm going off. It's just you're so cool in the way that you do it. And I just like your energy, you know, and I think that people mistake it for why that energy exists. I think when people are, you know, I guess that that word gets thrown around a lot, but authentic and less filtered with, you know, how they communicate and are it's a little more inward, like what you were talking about, like thinking about why they do things and all that, it becomes sticky or magnetic or or attractive. Not necessarily like you mentioned, sexually attractive. I think it's kind of humans are meant to connect. And I think it's I guess obvious to someone you know next to you or that you hear when they are 
really truly exposing what they feel and say, that's that's the only way you're going to connect. Because if you're filtering and there's a bunch of like hogwash that's coming out of your mouth, it's going to be difficult to connect. So I think whether someone is talking about, I don't know, the sport that they love or how they paint or like anything that I think it comes out a lot and it gets expressed a lot when people are passionate about what they do. Right. And figuring out what that is. I think that's when you really start to connect with people. And, and then I think social media and the, the whole digital space has allowed us to kind of go beyond just who you get to touch on a daily basis and who you get to connect with. You know, like we <laughs> social gets slammed a lot for, oh, it's this and too much screen time. But the truth is, is like there's a lot of beauty to the fact that we're able to connect and impact. And I mean, I don't know. I've, I even started dating someone that I met on social, which is, to me would have you would have told me that 20 years ago. I would have thought that was insane. You know, so I think I think that that's what what makes people sticky is because we're, we're human beings are not meant to be alone. We're meant to connect, whether it's, you know, friends or whatever. I agree 100 percent. And I like that analogy about social media also like just because like I agree with you I wouldn't have looked at it 20 years ago and I a lot of people I know are like met valuable people and it just takes time and you got to ask the right questions and and so I think that um, I agree with you we're in an era where we have this technology and if we use it in a positive way for our lives um it actually benefits us and we can grow our businesses and we can have impact and influence, mm-hmm. which I think you have so much of. I think you're such an impactful and influential person in the way that you do it. And let's talk about this. Like, like there's a difference between being confident in who you are and then branching out on social media and having the aggression and mm-hmm. um, ability to do what you do. And like, I know it's probably a buildup that led to it, but w- where did that come from? Where, like, w- did was it an idea? Because I mean, not I mean, I don't know. Not every entrepreneur is like, let me just crush it with reels and videos mm-hmm. and and baking. Like, where did that come from? I think a few years back is when I came to, or like the, I guess the place that I realized that. I think we talked about this before we got online together that your brand a lot of times is almost like you're like I'd say in this case eating guilt free or other brands like when I had Christie's Fitness Fuel or I've done other like business ventures almost mimics and mirrors who your personal brand is right so I think exploring that and expressing that on social is only going to complement your brand it's only going to help you build maybe other I guess, like in this case, a podcast that you're building, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you um, sell that's an object. I think, I think that that's kind of how it happens. And then, and then the more that you start to communicate and connect with people that I would say more recently in this year, I, I, you start to get questioned on like, oh, well, what about the people who don't see this this way or don't like um, the fact that that we, like I correct, I don't necessarily want when I record something for it to sound perfect. Like it's more, I guess, organic, right? Um, and the way that I speak and it may not be, um, I guess, super well versed and practiced. But for me, it's the way that I feel that my personality is more relatable or whatever. So the point is, is like, 
as I like had to answer to questions like, well, why are you doing this or this and the other, it made me realize that um, that the brand is very, very much part of of who you are. I, I mean, I'm sure as you disconnect, which is happening to to even guilt free now, like other people become owners and they they have a lot to do with the, like the say of how things happen, and then you start to get questioned a lot. And they even you know are telling you like, hey, you know. This is this is also the brand what you're doing, right? So you you really start to pay attention to what you're putting out there and what you're what you're saying. And for me, I try to be as as authentic and as expressive as possible. I like to paint. I'm a creative person, so I think that that's why the reels and what I put out there is, I guess, a little more creative and and artistic at times. I just think you've aligned your superpowers so well. I mean, I don't. I can't wait to see what other superpowers you discover as you go through life. But you've aligned your superpowers so well. Like I'm so just like, and it's like when I see brands or I see humans doing what you do. Like I just just being who I am and being in that space. Like I used to feel alone all the time. Like just so everyone's aware, there's like 20 years of being alone. Even when I was in intimate relationships sexual whatever friendships it did not matter there was this lonely feeling because you develop superpowers at such a rate as high functioning humans like for some reason when you question life or you truly embrace who you are and go for it that you it's hard and and so one of the things i love about the podcast and doing all this is there's a lot more people like us that are out there um not only food entrepreneurs but this really high functioning food entrepreneurs like like this podcast there's been really no bs in there like there's two high functioning humans um we're able to have a real conversation we're the opposite sex and we're real okay and we're genuine and i think that this is the type of conversation that needs to happen and we're just doing a podcast guys we're just two humans trying to grow the world there's nothing like we really just talked for the first time like vocally other than over social media today and so Mm -hmm. i think that that's like what i'm talking about is it's nice to just be able to connect with people because you know you're on the same level so i'm going to ask you this because i want to anchor this to everything like if you were to name the most value the the core values that you value most in yourself that you have that you feel are important, what would they be? I would say, I think you talked about this, uh, my my curiosity and my creativity, I think. And and if I had to pick a third, um, I'm trying to think of a word, like maybe tenacity. I think entrepreneurs have a tendency to not give up um, I think that there's a lot of value that not just when it comes to being an entrepreneur, I think in life, you know, you're not so easy to be like, oh, I don't want to say, I was going to say a word that I probably shouldn't say in a podcast, you know, like I'm just not going to do this anymore or whatever. I think that, yeah, like I think when you kind of pair that, those three things together, I think it leads to being more fulfilled, to like experiencing more connecting more like with time you know curiosity creativity and i guess tenacity i don't know if i was allowed three but yeah yeah i (laughs) did ask three i asked three and so let me ask this because i'm going to touch on what you said but i want to ask this other question because i don't normally ask it but i'm curious if you were to pick three core values in someone else that you would want 
in your life. Like I don't, in whatever capacity, I don't care. But what would those three core values be in another person? Because I don't think necessarily you're going to want the same ones you have always, but maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious from your perspective. Yeah, I always have a hard time, I guess, distinguishing which are values. And um, I guess I don't forgot which word we are using for choosing, like um, traits. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. Say, yeah, I would say um, for some reason I'm very attracted to people who are like, I guess the word maybe would be loyal, that they have a tendency to like really, really admire something and become passionate and, and really, really into it. I don't know what word you would use for that, but I, I value that a lot in people. Um, I would say I love, I guess if someone is passionate, I don't know if that's like kind of jumping on the same one as the first, but I don't think so because there are a lot of people that are passionate, particularly creative people. They'll like something and they jump from thing to thing. Uh, so passionate and, and, you know, kind of loyal are not the same. And I guess the third trait would be like a great um, listener. I think it's so amazing to kind of come across someone who my dad is like that, that they don't even almost respond when they listen. It's so cool because they hear something sometimes even that you didn't know you were saying. So I think that's an amazing trait. They learn things from so many different perspectives when they when you listen that way, like at a much higher level. Yeah, and I agree with you. Some people need like words back at them or they need comfort, but a majority of humans just need to be heard. And um, and the listening skill, like I'm very good at it with everywhere else in my life, in my like close relationships, I suffer a little bit from it. Like I really have to be conscious about totally being engaged in what the person's saying and not assuming what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But I agree with yeah. you. Um, I think highly functional people want to like play chess in their head and be like, okay, this is what they're saying. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get there quicker. So for sure, I, I can see how. Yeah, works. and I think when we care about people, we try to solve their problems instead of mm-hmm. um, do it. And that's something I've learned also. I think a lot of, but maybe not all humans, but maybe whatever. But I, I one hundred percent agree that listening is, is the best skill because um, for another person to have when you're looking for any type of relationship, friendship, business, intimate. Because the person's ability to hear you um, and not respond right away also, I agree, like, there's a lot to be said. Like, someone could just say something to me, and I, like, for some reason, there's, like, a lot of people get very stressed around jobs or, you know, or if there's, like, their entertainment, like, alcohol and stuff can lead to hard situations and it's just Mm -hmm. grounding them and it's just like oh my gosh I'm sorry that that happened you're really good at your job okay and it's just like okay this is my job I can do this I can crush this this is just another person that's being inappropriate today and Mm -hmm. like I don't know why but that just comes to me naturally like when I'm in when I'm in pursuit or I see someone's trying to be in pursuit of their dream, I can very much level the listening. And I think that 
while I'm pointing it out is because it was modeled to me by very good mentors in my life that just listened. And so um, I'm still working on it, but I like that a lot. And I think it's hugely important. What? Yeah, because I feel like I, I, I didn't realize that, but I feel like when I hear another entrepreneur or someone that I'm coming across that's kind of either starting, not necessarily a business, but something they're passionate about, I have a tendency to listen more intently and, you know, and ask a lot more questions than what I maybe would with someone that I love. As crazy as that sounds. So I, that sounds familiar to me. That resonates for me. Yeah. And um, I think the other part is like one of the things that I is when you start tapping into that space and these core values that you said, because I agree with you, I would say that you're the three that you said are I I'm like, wow, that is who you are. And I would say that the things that it's good to attract to are all the things you want in someone else. It doesn't mean that those are the core values of that person, but are, those are necessarily the core values they show towards other people. And that's that's important, I think, as an entrepreneur also. And the listening one, like I said, it would be my number one ever. I don't know how else to mm-hmm. describe it because I think it's patience is kindness and patience mm-hmm. is love. And so, mm-hmm. like listening is that and so wow okay i'm gonna ask two more questions because i know i don't want to take up a lot more of your time um and maybe we'll get you back on for another podcast as we get into spring and and life comes down from the holidays but um Mm -hmm. my second question is this if you were to go back and tell yourself something like when you were starting this journey like the who you are now or any entrepreneur that's starting their journey, like what would you tell them? What were the most important skills that you think they should have in order to embark on a journey like yours? Hmm. I would say, it's funny because I don't know that it would work out the same way if I would have been patient, right? But I would say to be patient with yourself and you know not beat yourself up. But I'm not sure the truth is that if I would have been patient and not beat myself up, that maybe I would be exactly where I am today. I know it's not the healthiest <laughs> way to have gotten here, but I, I, I would say that that wasn't necessarily – maybe I could have gotten here without beating myself up as much as I have. So I, I would say to be patient and, and kind of like understand yourself a little more like earlier on. I didn't do that until much later. And I, you know, maybe I would have gotten further. Who knows? Yeah, I, I wonder. I actually asked that question myself too. Interestingly, is I always wonder because I'm extremely hard on myself. Like it's always like there's no harder critic out there than me, guys. So you can come after me and kill my dreams, try to kill them all you want. I'm already, I've already gone through the exercise. So, yeah. um, but it's um. But it's made me a stronger person and like I'm able to cut out the noise from everyone else because I'm able to filter through my own positive filters. And I'm also able to determine like what things I shouldn't be doing and things I should be doing for the most part. Like I still make mistakes. And um, which brings me to the next question. Like in your in your day, in your lifestyle, like I guess what is like how? Like, let's just choose yesterday. Like, how do you eat your way through the day? Because everyone always asks when we sort of get these healthier podcasts or entrepreneurs on in the food space, like, how are they doing it? And instead of like 
going through a whole long dissertation, I feel like the best thing to do is just give an example of how you eat in your day or, or what foods you choose to eat. Is that possible? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest, I guess I don't know if I'll call it a hack or whatever, but is I, I try to make my own food. That seems impossible <laughs> to a lot of people, but I mean, I just... You know, I'll start out the day and, you know, I like eggs or whatever it is. But the point is, is I, I think making most of my food and sometimes, you know, I, I was always like a big stickler about eating every two hours. Like sometimes I won't, right? If I know that I'm not going to put something in my body that is it's not going to work out well for me unless I'm, I'm, of course, doing that, right? Like I like this, let's say, cookie at Whole Foods. I'm going to eat it, right? But I, um, I think one of like how I have been able to eat myself like towards a place where I feel better, I'm healthier is like actually knowing what I'm eating and how it's prepared. So, you know, I will, if I've had periods in my life where I'm not home, when I make my breakfast, I'll take stuff with me that I can make very quickly. Even if it's what I'm already eating, it doesn't have to be, you know, some elaborate meal. And I think that that's, that's kind of how, how it works for me. You know, and no, no, it's it's right. It's exactly true. I think it's um, I do that, too. Like if I travel all right now, especially like I'll bulk produce something like I make like a dirty rice, but it's all clean. Like everything's like all natural. I'm very conscious and trying to utilize more of the animal um, holistically. So like the bones and bone broth back into actually mm-hmm. cook the rice and then so on and so forth but i'll travel i'll break it into kits and i'll travel with me and i'll eat it for dinner every single night or lunch and dinner two days in a row just because i know what's in it and i know how it's prepared and i don't need to go through the hassle waiting for someone to order me food or be in a city and it's not that i don't like eating out or i'm not like a foodie or whatever like i don't exactly describe myself that way but mm-hmm. it's more or less that I like the discipline and the commitment and the consistency. And if I have to worry about what's in the food or and worry about getting off my discipline or my everyday routine, then I've now mm-hmm. wasted how much brain power on worrying about my food. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like it and how much time that I should have been doing something else, especially during a day where you only get 24 hours. And people sure. waste like literally – so much time deciding what to eat it's kind of unbelievable and then if you want to be someone like me i get i'm picky i don't want like and i'm allergic to white potatoes like they make my hands peel and so i'm even mm-hmm. picky about that so in my hands elbows and knees which is really weird and um and so i have to make sure like or was it fried with the french fries and what is yeah. going on there and so like it's just like i don't want to deal with that and i don't want to have to go out and deal with it and so sometimes i agree if you want the long-term goal and you want the long-term dream to come true it's really like everything starts with eating yeah. yeah yeah and you want to be healthier like everyone's like go to the gym and start a routine for new year's eve i've got a better idea just start with your how you eat and if you build a routine off of there and you can start doing it every day, let's go to the gym for like 10 minutes every day. You don't need to go for an hour one time a week and blow all of it out. Like just get in the routine of getting daily and no rest days and just living a lifestyle. Because 
we rest days means we're not living that way well then we shouldn't be Mm -hmm. going to the gym that hard five days a week okay if we can't consistently do a routine or vary our workouts or routines where we're not active every day we probably shouldn't Mm -hmm. be doing the routines that we're doing and if we can't eat healthy or there isn't a consistent diet we're probably not eating right okay so that's just what what how i feel and how i am and i would just say it out loud because i feel it's important because of the products you have so i said it was my last question but i am gonna want to end with this is what are the products that you guys have um Mm -hmm. what is your favorite products and how does everyone get them and how do they find you on social media okay so um social media is at eat me guilt free and at christy basu c-r-i-s-t-i-e-b-e-s-u Eat Me Guilt Free sells like better for you baked goods. Like right now, it's like I mentioned earlier, the brownies were, you know, the first products we have typically have about five to eight different flavors. You can find them online. Um, and, and about eight to nine thousand retailers now. I think this next year we're gonna really start to break through and be in most grocery stores, which is really exciting. And in 2021, we launched bread and tortillas. So we have like baguettes, sliced bread, and tortillas that mimic similar nutritional profiles to our brownies. I want to say right now, like the bread line are, is my favorite, maybe like the tortillas. <laughs> um, just because I get, I didn't love sweets, which is odd that I came up with a brownie. So I guess the more savory type of indulgence does it for me. So the tortilla is my favorite right now. That's so cool. And um, lastly, because um, I want to just want to tie it in, is mm-hmm. is our the future of where you're going to go? Eat me guilt free. I mean, it's right now. It's just baked goods, and everything seems to be baked items. Like, where does the future seem to hold? Well, I had a little more time, and I just want to ask this question: Like, where are your dreams for this? Like, where are they going? Where do you want to see this? And and do you want your children involved in it? Or, or I mean, they want you said making their own choices, but I guess better question is: Do they have interest in it? What's funny is that my two older ones do work there, and my daughter worked there in the summer, just by. <laughs> by chance, you know, while they're going to school. Um, I, you know, I, if you asked me last year, I I wanted or I want Eating Guilt-Free to go way beyond baked goods because I feel like there's this lack of, you know, I guess brands that make things that, you know, like you, the, the concept of not having to choose between whether something tastes good and and that it's better for you it is a big problem right like i think it takes a long time years and years to get to a place where where you are that you like prepare your food and you use everything incredibly intentionally so i think having a brand out there that is making foods for people who are in that transition or or you know like you still eat it probably now right but is really really important so i i see the value in eating go free being more of a larger brand that makes all different types of foods that are not necessarily better for you, better for you, you know? I And I love this because you're exactly right. Like there wasn't the training wheels and while there's lots of meal programs and I am involved in, you know, in that in those businesses as well, that they're, they, and they work. The problem is, is there's not the stepping stones or like, the ingredients or the components where there's the training wheel piece. It's either I get the whole meal 
or I have to make it all myself, you know? And I think that you're spot on there because the in-between stage is what took me the longest to figure out. And I was in the food business and I had employees that were dietitians and nutritionists. And it's just like where I was trying to get to was so foreign to everyone at the time, I felt like. But it is where the world is now. But um, and that being said, where I think we're going and what we just talked about on this podcast is where the world will be in another 20 years. Unfortunately, it's just going to take that long by everyone understands. Oh, it's my genetics. It's my blood. It's my 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 heritage. It's like I really got to factor in all this stuff and just get to know it and understand where food comes from and where it's grown. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what are the inputs into every food and then how is all that come together and. It was that piece that was the hardest for me. It was like breaking out and how do I use the components and how do I not have to prep everything from scratch and waste half a potato or whatever because if I'm by myself and like just learning different ways of doing the food in the home, which eventually translated to my business, honestly, our businesses. Like, I don't know, that's back to what you said is all of a sudden I had a hobby and I was interested in it because I was in food. And then weirdly, the hobby came back into my business. And so I think that that's so important. And I think that if people are really listening and the humans that listen to this podcast and entrepreneurs, where Eat Me Guilt Free is, is ahead of the curve right now. It's meaning that she's blue ocean strategied her way to something and and I, I say her like she's not right here on the podcast. Yeah, but it's yeah, like disrupting is okay, basically. Yeah, and like it's okay because even when everyone pushes back or doesn't understand a name or doesn't understand that you're just expressing your true self, and maybe they don't like it and they're not comfortable because they don't know how to express them true selves and what they mean, or they're just un unaccepting, which is fine. People aren't always going to accept us for who we are. And, mm-hmm. um, but you're going to have to go through those trial and tribulations to create greatness or create a great mm-hmm. brand or make a difference like you're making. And I think if I was going to tie this uh, episode up in a nutshell, I would say that it's important first to discover who you are. It's important to find out what the things that you enjoy, plus the skills that you've gained in life and, and where that's going to take you. And then it's important to use both of those things to go after the things that you want in life, whether it's relationships or businesses or careers or being an entrepreneur or children or whatever. I think it's important that, I mean, you're a totally well-rounded human, um, that you take all of those things and you're able to get to a point where you're in your 40s and life has really just begun, right? Like even though you have children and they're older you've built this business and it's only just begun. And I think that that, that's what I want to say to everyone is life is always about transition and Phoenix moments and, and about finding yourself or constantly seeking opportunities to add to your repertoire or your tool chest or toolbox for life. So you can better the world around you. And there's no situation that we're ever put in. I don't believe as as humans that we're not meant to be there to to make the most and best impact and influence that we can. And that's expressing ourselves truly and truly who we are. 
and it's not about stepping on other people or whatever and about me 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 that's not what i'm saying i'm saying i'm about expressing me in a way that grows those around me and so Mm -hmm. i think that that's important i'm not doing it in a way that's only focused on me i'm doing it in a way that focuses on me so i can be an asset to society the world around me and the generations and legacies after me and you're doing that in such a nutshell and i know that if your kids get involved in the business that they're going to see this because of the way you're allowing them to do it naturally on their own and who knows what this legacy could build or just the knowledge even if it's not directly eat me guilt free they could do with having the mom who grow believes in growing humans the way you do and that influence i think that that's also part of what i want to say and it matters guys like there's not many humans that totally encapsulate life and the opportunities in life and exercise and education and exposure to the world and experience in the way that Christy does. So um, thank you, Christy, for coming on the podcast. I cannot tell you how much I gained from this personally. Thank you. Likewise. I've really enjoyed talking to you. It was actually probably one of my favorite conversations. Yeah. Thank you. Me as well. And uh, if you guys are listening to us, please share it. Uh, Please share with other entrepreneurs out there. Let them know they're not alone. It is free. You don't have to pay for it. And again, there's no advertisements. You just have to hear me mention things like find us on Spotify or anywhere else. You find your podcasts or grow yourself through podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram again at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. Thank you everyone for listening in and happy new year coming around the corner.